What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying warm. Man, it's been cold, cold, cold. I mean, we have even had a snowstorm down in the south. It does not snow in the south. He had a snowstorm and everything, and it was, yeah, it was cold. It's, it's still cold, but it's warming up, and we're supposed to have another storm this weekend. It's just like, ah. Can we get some kind of consistency in this weather, please? Like, please, can we just, like, either it be cold or it be hot? Not this back and forth thing that we be just be doing back and forth. It's like one day, it's like, oh, my God, it feels so amazing outside. And then the next day, it's like, oh, my God, I need I need three jackets to be able to face this thing. But anyway, anyway, welcome back to the show. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves and everything in your lives is going pretty well right now. We got a whole lot of topics to get to. We got a lot to talk about. We got the fact that Netflix is raising prices again, which is kind of annoying. Then we have the fact of different stats of the week from students going back to college or rather not going back to college. And then we have the biggest acquisition that's ever been made in video game history. So we got a lot of topics to talk about, and there's some other stuff that we'll touch on, but we start off this podcast talking about the decision from the Supreme Court. So last week, Friday, the Supreme Court told President Biden, your vaccine mandate shall not pass. With a 6-3 to vote, the mandate for companies with over 100 employees to either force employees to get vaccinated or test regularly got stopped by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court majority said, although COVID-19 is a risk that occurs in many workplaces, it is not an occupational hazard in most. COVID-19 can and does spread at home, in schools, during sporting events, and everywhere else that people gather. In other words, the way that the Biden administration was trying to go about enforcing this was not good enough for them to be able to put that through. So the Supreme Court just said, nope, we're dead in this thing. Go figure yourself out. However, even with that being said, a lot of companies were like, yeah, 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 we hear everything you're saying, Supreme Court, but we don't really care. We don't care what you you guys are trying to say. We're going to implement mandates of our own for our businesses. So companies like Citigroup, Nike, Google, Tyson Foods are a few companies that have announced that if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to possibly lose your job, potentially lose your job. Either get vaccinated or lose your job. And it's not just here in the United States where it's becoming a lot more difficult for those who are unvaccinated. I mean, Nova Djokovic just got booted from Australia because he refused to get vaccinated. And now France just put another policy in place that requires everyone going to sports arenas need to be vaccinated. And guess what? The French Open is coming up. After the Australian Open, you get the French Open. So Novak Djokovic is probably going to miss both of these Opens. And then also, if you look on the U.S. and the U.K. side for the British Open and the U.S. Open, a lot of similar policies are in place already. So for a lot of people, life is becoming a little bit more difficult if you choose to remain unvaccinated. It's also might be getting a lot more expensive for you. In Greece, beginning on Sunday, unvaccinated people age 60 and over will have to pay a monthly fine of $57, a penalty that is being doubled in February. As the prime minister of Greece said, it's the price to pay for health. In Austria, the government is planning to slap all unvaccinated adults with a fine of up to $4,108 beginning in mid-March. And in Canada, the Quebec government announced last week that unvaccinated adults will soon have to pay a financial penalty. Quebec's uh, premier said the policy was a question of fairness for the 90% of Quebec adults who are 
vaccinated. So life is getting a lot more expensive if you choose to remain unvaccinated. Now, none of these policies are here in the United States, but still you can see what's starting to happen with Omicron coming up and spreading super widely and things getting shut down. People are tired. People are tired of having things shut down all the time because people are refusing to get vaccinated. Not to say that vaccination will protect you or anything, but at the same time, it is the one thing that has worked so far to protect a lot of lives. And so people are tired. I don't expect any more shutdowns. We're not shutting down anymore. This is the point where we're going to be living with this vaccine. As a matter of fact, to that note, the good news is that case numbers are finally starting to dwindle here in the United States states just in time as the biden administration starts sending out some free tests isn't that weird isn't that weird how like things become available after we don't really need it anymore but either way the biden administration just announced that you can go to the website covidtest.gov or you can just check out the link in the show notes for you to go order yourself four free tests which is you know it's cool for us to be getting these tests now but we needed this thing like before christmas you know when people were actually traveling and going all over the place uh in new york city the average se- the seven day average of daily new cases have fallen to less than 20,000 from a high of almost 43,000 earlier this month washington dc case numbers are also down over for over the last 14 days they're down 20 percent over the last 14 days but even with saying all of that the reason why they're still pushing out for people to get tested is because hospitals are still reeling with the number of patients that they have to treat with po- uh, with covid so precaution is very warranted like i said earlier um with covid is going to become something that we just kind of have to live with and dr fauci said the virus will be present at a level that does not disrupt society so this is the goal that everyone is heading for is for this virus to become just like the seasonal flu hopefully it doesn't become like the flu and it actually like completely goes away but it's seeming to be the case that this would just be one of the cocktails that people have to get shut up their hands for the for any kind of flu shots that we always get every single year on friday last week netflix announced subscription price increases the basic plan is going up by one dollar to 9.99 per month it was previously $8.99. The standard plan, the company's most popular plan, is being raised by $1.50 to $15.49. And then the premium plan is being increased by $2 to $19.99. So the standard plan, which is the one that gives you both 4K and HD, and I think it's like up to three people or up to two people can watch it simultaneously. And then the premium plan is where you get... No, no, no. The premium plan is the one that gives you... 4k and four people can watch simultaneously while the standard plan is two people can watch simultaneously and i think you only get hd on that one so i'm not very happy with the increase but at the same time am i going to cancel netflix ah probably not (laughs) as netflix continues to hit a wall in subscriber growth at least here in the united states the only other way for them to be able to increase their revenue is you guessed it they gotta increase them prices plus netflix has announced that it will be spending 17 billion dollars on content and as we know, in 2021, they spent a whole lot of money on having movies with people like The Rock or Ryan Reynolds in it. It doesn't come cheap. I mean, they had some other movies with Sandra Bullock and Amanda Davis in it. I mean, all these people are super A-list actresses and actors. And so they don't come cheap at all. So the question now is, 
does Netflix have the pricing power to continue raising prices? Because you have to remember, it was just in October of 2020 that they raised prices the last time. So now the, the period of price races are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. At what point will people start to backfire and start to rage and say, we're not paying these prices? But then again, if Netflix keeps giving us movies and shows like Squid Game, then everybody might, customers will be very much happy. So we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out. For right now, I mean, I really don't actually pay for my Netflix. It just comes with T-Mobile. So that's nice for me. I mean, now I'm going to have to pay like, what is it? Like $2 extra because T-Mobile only covers up to a certain amount. Uh, you know, it, it sucks, but it is what it is. And I'll keep taking the free, basically free Netflix from T-Mobile. Next up, we got stats of the week. The first stat of the week is 1.2 million. 1.2 million fewer students enrolled in some sort of post-high school education in 2021 versus in 2019. From 2019 to present, there has been a 6% decline in enrollment to high education institutions. Some stats on what forms of education are the most impacted are... Associate degree seekers dropped 6.2% in 2021 and 14.1% over the last two years. Community colleges have lost around 15% of students since 2019. Of the largest major, of the largest majors, liberal arts fell off the hardest, declining 7.6% this year. It seems like with all the information with people talking about all their student loans and all the stuff that they're suffering through because of student loans, that information is filtering out to the to the younger generation and a lot of kids are just deciding, you know what? This is not for me. There's no point in me going to school just to kind of be there for a little bit and then not and you know come out on the other side and just have all kinds of debt. The reason why I say that is the drop in liberal arts. A lot of students when you first start out in college, a lot of people start off as liberal arts major when they're trying to figure stuff out. But now people are just like you know what i'm if i don't know what i'm going to do it's better for me to just go work a part-time job than for me to go to college so all that information is being filtered out and a lot of people are just deciding college is expensive which it is college has just exploded in price it's stupid how expensive college has got and then now that we're seeing a decline but the thing that's shocking me with the decline is community college which is usually more affordable and usually the best way if you want to go to college best ways you can start off with community colleges take all those basic courses and then transfer to a four-year school but seeing that community colleges are also seeing a drop a higher drop than four-year colleges it's really talking about like experiential learning is going to be big it's going to you have to be giving some people something special for them to decide that i'm going to go to college and now people are also making the decision of like yo if i can make money doing youtube or any of these other things where I don't really need a college degree, which I'm still an advocate for college because there are other things that you get out of college, but still like people are just like, I'm not about to kill myself with all kinds of debt just because I went to college. Stat number two, 5.4 million. This is the number of new business applications that were submitted according to the U.S. Census Bureau. This is up from 4.4 million in 2020 and three and a half million in 2019. So it seems like everybody who quit their jobs are starting a new business. We'll see how long that goes. Uh, yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. A lot of people are starting new businesses. It's always the same thing. Every time we have a recession, there's an explosion in new businesses. Even though in this situation, on like former recession, people create new businesses out of a need to create a business to make some income. In this situation, there are jobs available everyone, everywhere. And people are just deciding like, I want to take more of a control over my life. Final stat of the week, or actually it's not the final one. Second to last stat of the week 69 billion dollars 
This is the amount that Microsoft agreed to pay to acquire Activision Blizzard. This is going to go down as one of the most shrewd business tactics in all of history. So here's a quick backstory of what's happening with Activision. Activision has been facing a lot of backlash due to its work culture and the way that it treated its female employees and also the minorities within the company. Literally, Activision was being associated with all the isms. You know, all the isms, racism, sexism, misogynism, all the isms, all the isms that you could possibly think of that's negative. Activision was being associated with it. Well, because of all that backlash and because of all that negative news, well, the stock was getting absolutely destroyed. First of all, before the stock got destroyed, it actually got sued by the state of California for workplace malpractice, which that suit is still going on. And because that suit came out and that suit is going on, the stock for the company got absolutely destroyed. As a matter of fact, before the announcement that Microsoft was going to acquire the company, the stock was down 40% from its all-time highs that it made last year. Because you have to remember, 2020 and early 2021, everybody was playing video games. And so a lot of people bought into Activision stock, bid the stock up super high, but then that thing just came back to earth like a rock. Just boom, and it just fell 40%. And then last year, Microsoft, around this time, Microsoft was hosting some kind of event and Microsoft was asked about Activision and their thoughts about the, the company culture and all of that stuff. And Microsoft said they were re-evaluating their gaming partnership with Activision. Re That's a key word, re-evaluating. In other words, what they didn't tell us is they were going to buy the whole business. <laughs> They didn't tell us that they saw what was happening with the company. They saw what was happening around the company. And they were like, yo, we about to buy this thing. Like, this is too good for us to improve our gaming collection, for us to improve Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. Like, we definitely buying this business. And you have to remember, like, Activision is one of the largest gaming producers that there is. It makes games like Call of Duty, Overwatch, Candy Crush, World of Warcraft, Doom, a lot of games that we all know or we all play in one form or fashion. And you also have to remember, gaming is the fastest growing industry in the world right now. I mean, gaming is growing. Gaming has basically taken over most forms of entertainment. Most people play video games. There's hardly anybody who doesn't play some kind of video game. Even on your phone, if you play any kind of game on your phone, you're a gamer for, for the most part. So Microsoft wants to be a part of this continual growing future and grow out its Xbox platform and grow out its cloud pack platform. Microsoft wants its Xbox Game Pass to become the Netflix of gaming. And just like what Netflix had to do when it first started out, which was get a lot of other people's content on its platform in order to get people to sign up for Netflix, Xbox is doing something similar, except Xbox has all the money in the world to just be able to acquire all kinds of gaming studios. You have to remember, Xbox just bought Bethesda last year as well. And before that, Xbox has been acquire ga acquiring gaming studios for years now. And so Xbox continues to just continue to grab onto gaming studios like, oh, you make good games. We're going to let you create what you want to create, but we're going to buy you. And they've basically just been doing that. And Xbox wants to play a bigger role in the metaverse. It wants to challenge. And remember, Xbox owns Minecraft, and Minecraft is a version of the metaverse. So my, Xbox wants to put all of that together, or Microsoft wants to put all of that together. Uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, said during the announcement for this acquisition, said, Gaming is the most dynamic and exciting category in entertainment across all platforms today, and will play a key role in the development of metaverse platforms. 
And so it's, this is massive and it's huge. This is literally the largest acquisition that has ever been done in gaming history. And it's the largest acquisition that Microsoft has ever done. Before this, they paid $26 billion for LinkedIn. And that has been paying off major dividends for them as far as that's concerned. So I'm loving the way that Satya Nadella is running this company. As you guys know, Microsoft is one of my top holdings. It's one of my largest positions in my single stock portfolio. If you want to follow that story, you can check out the YouTube channel to see all the stocks that I own. But yeah, like I am so excited about this move. And as a matter of fact, I need to go get me a new PC or build me this uh, PC quickly because or just buy me an Xbox because I'm excited for all the games and all the exclusives that we'll be getting on Xbox. Even with all of this announcement, the only thing that can possibly hold up this deal is, as we all know, it's something we've been talking about all of last year since Biden became president antitrust antitrust will probably be the one thing that might possibly hold this whole thing up as you know biden administration is all for coming against big tech companies that keep on trying to make all kinds of acquisitions so we'll have to see if microsoft who was able to evade the ire of the administration so far will actually finally be put into the targets of the administration and make sure that this deal doesn't go through Microsoft will have the argument of like, hey, even with this acquisition that we're making, we're only going to be 15% of the entire game in whatever. So, you know, we'll see what happens with it. I thought it was pretty cool. I'm excited for it, as you can tell from my voice. Next stat of the week is 19.8%. We're going from super exciting to not so exciting stuff. This is the rate at which African-Americans or black individuals in America are denied mortgages per a, a study from Zillow versus a 10.7% denial rate for their white counterparts, meaning a black mortgage applicant is twice as likely to get denied for a home loan. According to Zillow, the reason for the denials are due to credit, including combination of poor or lack or of poor credit or lack of credit totally. Black people generally don't have access to traditional financial resources, which Zillow says contributes to poor credit health. However, history also plays a major factor here as well. Dan Imogluck, I hope I said that right, a professor of the Urban Students Institute at Georgia State University's Andrew Young School of Policy Studies. Oh my God, that's so long. You know what? He's a professor at Georgia State. <laughs> he said discriminatory housing policies that stretch back decades, including redlining and denying FHA loans to black borrowers, allowed white families to build wealth in mid-20th century. So the question is like, why is this a big deal and why am I talking about this? It's because in the United States, homeownership is a key aspect of building long-term wealth. Now, I don't think your home should be your largest sum of where your net worth comes from. Like, please... Don't focus on your house being the number one thing. Like, please diversify yourself just from having everything you own into a house. Have stocks, have bonds, have other assets, not just a home. But for most people in the United States, their home is their key source of wealth. Their home is their number one thing for wealth and the thing that describes wealth here in the United States. So having this massive disparity and having like a two times likelihood that a black person should show up and say, I want a loan and not be able to get that loan is a huge, massive effect 
on the economy. That's a large group of people that are trying to build wealth, that are trying to be part of the economy, that are trying to be the growing part of this economy, but cannot be a part of the economy. And it also shows just how much compounding works. It also shows how one decision in the past, how one terrible decision in the past of deciding like, yo, you get loans, you do not get loans, affects families for generations upon generations upon generations to come. It shows how one decision of denying, um, GI Bill loans or for black people to be able to get access to GI Bill, which gave people a lot in the past, gave people access to be able to go to college, which, of course, college is the number one thing in the past of being able to build wealth over time. When you denied that, you basically cut off generations upon generations upon generation of people from being able to build wealth. And it has affected our economy to a great degree. This is why I talk about it is the fact that a lot of the decisions that we make today, if we make the right decisions for ourselves and for our families going into the future, we are making and taking the first step that can set our generations up forever and ever. So we have to think about our decisions, some of the decisions that we're making, not just with ourselves, but also how it affects the second, third, fourth generations of our family. After that, they're on their own. Like, you know what? I help y'all out. Then you got to figure yourself out. You know what I'm saying? But either way, it's just something that I thought was interesting. Last stat of the day. $10 trillion. I don't even know how many zeros that is. I mean, what is it? A million is six zero. Billion is nine zero. Trillion is 12 zeros. That's 12 zeros. $10 trillion. This is the amount of money that BlackRock manages. Now, let's put that $10 trillion into perspective. The United States GDP is $21 trillion as of 2020. 2021. $21 trillion. So half of the United States GDP, one company manages, which means that this one company has a lot of power over the decisions that companies hold. The thing about BlackRock is BlackRock basically has a stake in most companies in the United States because of its ETFs and because of all its index funds that we all use when we go, whether it's at work, it, just check out your, your 401k at work. It probably is a iShares 401k index fund or something along that line, and it's owned by BlackRock. And so when you have most people just investing in that, they get a massive say into how businesses operate themselves. And Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, every year he releases, I mean, we've talked about it before, he releases a letter about the vision of the funds or the visions of the companies that his company holds. That's, that's an inception on a whole other level, the vision or the expectation that he has for all the, a lot of the companies within the funds. He said, workers demanding more from their companies is essential is an essential feature of effective capitalism. Companies that deliver are reaping the reward. He continued on his letter to talk about stakeholder capitalism, which is something that we've talked about in the past, which is where profits are not the be all end all. You also have to think about your customers. You have to think about your employees and you also have to think about the community that you serve. And so it's not just about the shareholders. It's not just about making as much money as possible and basically just like deriving pleasure from dragging out everything from your employees. But it's like, what else are you getting back? Or rather, what else are you giving? Just as much as you're taking, what are you giving back within the communities? Or what is the thing that you're providing for people within that come to be your customers or your employees or or any of these other stakeholders as well. So it was pretty cool reading the letter. It's the focus of BlackRock. Now, most of it was kind of virtual signaling just to be like, yeah, this is this popular thing and I don't want to hop on that train, but we'll see how it plays. A new segment of the show that I would like to be going doing into the future is the quote of the week. And the quote of the week comes from Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of JP Morgan. He said, 
CEOs shouldn't be crybabies about it. They should just deal with it. Basically, Jamie Dimon said that bank executives who are complaining about having to pay their employees more due to inflation should just deal with it and actually pay their employees more. If you don't want to pay your employees more, then you know what? Sell your business to Jamie Dimon because he will willingly take it off your hands. But anyway, that's basically all that I have for this week. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things. Just a quick recap of some of the stuff that we talked about. We talked about the fact that if you are unvaccinated, it's going to get life is getting a lot tougher for you. But at the same time, we now have tests that are available that you can order to your house and you can use the link down in the description or go to covidtest.gov to get you some free tests. And then we talked about Netflix increasing their prices once again. And we'll just see how that plays out. If Netflix really has a pricing power control to continue to increase their prices. Then we talked about students no longer wanting to go to school. We talked about new businesses being formed. We talked about Microsoft making the large acquisition in gaming history by buying Activision. We closed it off talking about the mortgage disparity between black Americans and all, and white Americans in being able to get a loan here in this country. And then we finished up talking about BlackRock and Larry Fink. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this thing. If you did, share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person you're just kind of like, about and by that time you to share it with every single person that you know i'm gonna catch you up in the next one remember generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and your boy's about to go eat something all right peace